Welcome to Handwriting Secrets Revealed on TalkZone.com, the show that's all about handwriting analysis. Now, here's your host, Dave Grayson. Hello, you're at the right place. I'm Dave Grayson, and we're here to talk about handwriting analysis, uh, the many uses that it has, how you can put, make it part of your life, and how it can help you. We'll talk today somewhat about the beginning of handwriting analysis and what handwriting analysis is. Uh, we'll, and then we'll talk about 10 ways that uh, handwriting analysis can help you. First, uh, the beginning of handwriting analysis goes back really hundreds of years, but uh, kind of the first known written documentation of handwriting analysis go back to Italy. Camillo Baldi is his name, and he wrote a book in 1622. That's when it was published. And it was a book about different traits that people have in handwriting and how it equates to their personality. Uh, it was accepted a little bit, but kind of frowned upon quite a bit. Uh, it slowly worked its way into the United, into the United States. And um, it really got off in the United States in about 1929. That's when an M.N. Bunker is a gentleman uh, who was teaching college classes, and he was actually teaching shorthand. And he noticed as he would ask people to make a certain uh, mark for a, a, a meaning of hand of shorthand, everybody would make that mark a little bit different. And he went back and kind of studied more on handwriting and found out how there was a strong correlation between what the person was putting on the board and how they were making their their little curly cues or their little straight lines or crooked lines or. Uh, however the marks were, and he would look at that and decide, you know, each one is so different, and then he talked to the people and tried to find out different things about the person, and he plugged some of the stuff in, even going back back to Camillo Baldi and looking at different things of how that handwriting can be really a part of the personality. Uh, he began an association which was called the, it's a mouthful, the International Graphoanalysis Society, and they began and they built up in the, very strong in the 50s and the 60s. And it's used uh, many, many different ways. It's um, used in 4 to 500 companies use it. Uh, small businesses use it. Police departments use it. So it's, uh, and we'll touch on a, a number of those ways in which it's used. But graphology is a major term of handwriting analysis. That's the umbrella term. Then there's a couple different forms. First, there's the integrated graphology. That's kind of the trade analysis. And what people do with the trade analysis is they'll look at a particular letter, say the letter T, and we'll look at how high the T is crossed. Maybe we'll look at the pressure of the T, how heavy it is, how light it is. We'll look at the slant. We'll look if there's a loop in the T, if there's not a loop in the T. So all these different things are put together, and we'll talk about these over the weeks, are put together to create and develop and find out the personality of the person. There, that's really where the international graphoanalysis works from, and that's from the integrated trait process. So they, they, it's like a puzzle. You have little pieces and you put it together. There's another method, and that's the holistic graphology method. And that's used more by the American Association of Handwriting Analysts. And what they'll do is they'll start with a, a page of writing and they'll look at it and get a feel for it, a look at it. They'll look at the, the size. They'll look at the shape. They'll look at the margins. They'll look at the spacing. They'll look at all those things and kind of get a picture of the person and then they'll work down from there. So it's kind of, they're kind of like taking the puzzle finished and then taking it apart as opposed to the other method where the puzzle is put together to come up with a particular finding. Now, the big question is, is it reliable? Well, uh, that'll go back and forth many, many times. Uh, it's considered about 75, 80% reliable. You're dealing with the human personality. You're dealing with the ability of the analyst to do a good job. So there's a number of factors that uh, fall into place. But there's a lot of study done and research done and correlation 
with many psychologists to balance it against the different known psychology tests. And does it come out the same? And almost every time it does. So it's that's why it's so acceptable and used. That's why Fortune 500 companies continue to use handwriting analysis because it's beneficial for them. Uh, the, the one other thing that we look at is uh, the small trait business, and then you have the holistic approach where you look at the whole picture. And then you have the signatures, the signature of the writing. That's so important. When we look at a writing, there's three parts of handwriting that we see. There's a body, the paragraph that you wrote, whatever it happens to be, page, two pages, one paragraph. That's the body of the writing. And then there's a signature. That's a little different interpretation. And then there's a capital I, the personal pronoun I. That tells us something also. So we look at the broad picture, and then we we look at first the body of the handwriting. What was written in the uh, letter? We don't necessarily read the letter, although you can because that's important also. But you look at the different things within the writing. You look first at the margins. You look at the space between words. You look at how certain letters are made. And that kind of gives us a good idea of how the person is. That's how they present themselves. That's how they, what they really are. When we analyze something to find out about an individual, we analyze the body of the writing, the paragraph, the words within the paragraph that they wrote. Then you look at the signature. The signature tells how a person wants to appear. It's many times the same as the rest of the writing. Many times it's different. If it's the same as the body of the writing, the signature looks just almost identical to the rest of the writing. It's someone that you know is a person. What you see is what you get. They don't play games. They don't fool around. This is who I am, and I make my signature the same way. Oftentimes we have a signature that's totally different. If the signature is totally different, that tells us that the person is trying to hide or mask or change or be a different way. Because if I sign my name Dave Grayson, there could be many Dave Graysons, but I'm signing my personal name. I'm writing the letter. I'm just kind of writing things down. But as soon as I get to the letter, the mental process changed. Now, handwriting is really brain writing. That's what we often call it. Because hopefully you're aware that the writing, your writing changes sometimes from day to day, from week to week, from hour to hour to minute to minute. How your brain is functioning is what shows in the writing. That's why we can often see people on medications. We can see people ill. We can't diagnose the, what the disease is, but we can see illness in the writing. So there's uh, whatever the brain is thinking about or acting like shows in the writing. And that's kind of a medical fact. That's not kind of a make-believe thing. But the signature is how you want to appear in public. Now, if you think about movie stars and um, sports figures and TV personalities, they have these real flourishy, fancy, uh, far-out signatures, you might say. Well, that's their personality. They're often very show-busy and uh, look at me and I want to be noticed. So their signature is different. It stands out. It looks different. The more unusual the signature, the more unusual the person. So they'll make this fancy signature. Now, sometimes a person, an analyst can look at it and know if the person is really signing a real signature or if he's kind of make-believing something. What I mean by that is a person who has a position where they have to sign bills of lading all day long or they have to sign their signature a lot on some paper or some form, their signature then becomes kind of a, a trademark. It is not their real signature. It's not the signature they would put on their check. It's not their signature they would put on a, a deed to a house or some contract they would make. So it looks a little different. But a person who has a real flourishy signature, wants to be flourishy, a person who has a normal signature that looks just like the rest of the writing, is someone who what you see is what you get. And then again, that handwriting signature where it's uh, disguised, protected, they're trying to hide something. We don't know what they're hiding. We're not sure, but uh, we tell from that. Then the other thing we look at is the personal pronoun I. Now, I can sign my name Dave Grayson, and there might be 
perish the thought, 3,000 Dave Graysons in the United States. So I'm one of 3,000. But when I make a personal pronoun I, it's only me. It's nobody else. It's not this Dave Grayson or that Dave Grayson or that Dave Grayson. It's I. So a, the personal pronoun I within the handwriting shows us the the way the person feels about themselves. Now, if you take, if you're looking at writing sometime and you find a personal pronoun I, take a look at it in someone else's writing or your own. Is, does it look like the rest of the writing? Is it bigger? Is it smaller? Is it broader? Is it heavier? All those things show to us, the handwriting analysts, how the person feels about themselves. So the signature is a phony signature of their own, but the personal pronoun I, we really get down to how the person feels about themselves. And that's so important. Now, in handwriting, we can find 144 different traits, traits like pride, uh, prejudice, repression, uh, somebody who wants to yield, a superficial thinker, pessimism, uh, 144 different things. Now, that doesn't mean every person has 144 of them in there. It's just those are the amount of traits so far that we have um, statistically been able to find within the writing. Sometimes new ones creep in and sometimes old ones creep out. And what I'll talk about a little later is it's getting more and more difficult to analyze handwriting because handwriting, pretty much cursive, is not being taught in schools anymore because everybody's going to not only keyboarding but iPads. So that's a whole other ball game that we'll discuss at a later time. But there's different things we can look at in the handwriting to find out. First of all, there's the emotional makeup. Emotional makeup is the slanting of the writing, which we'll cover in a week or so. But um, the the slant, whether it's if it's if the person is very emotional, does he react very quickly, or does he kind of pause and think about things first and and take the time? Uh, these are some of the things that are very important in in counseling in working with husbands and wives or parents and children because they need to know how the other person reacts to some something. Sometimes somebody, for them to say, I love you, is like bells and whistles and 20-piece band going off, and other people want to hear, I love you all the time. And so we can see through handwriting which of the people that want to be touchy-feely and which of the people that want to be kind of hands-off and stand-alone and, and kind of leave me out of this thing. So um, these are different things that put together to find out about the personality of the, the person. We also can find out how intense they are over something, how much passion they have over something. And that we can see through the, the heaviness of the writing. Now there's moderate, there's light, there's heavy, but all those things fit in. If it's heavy writing and large writing, that tells us something different than if it's heavy writing and small writing. So there's so many things involved, which we will cover as time goes on. How does a person control their emotions? That's very important because we all have emotions. Do we uh, kind of have caution? Do we slow ourselves down and think first? Do we have so much pride that we don't let our emotions get carried away? Do we um, have dignity that we want to protect ourselves from things? All these things are seen within the handwriting samples. Then we can look at the mental process, how a person thinks about things, how they learn. This is so helpful when we get into working with children, how a child learns in school. Some children need to be told 27 times that 2 plus 2 is 4. Some children only need to be told once. So mental process is a very important aspect. There's many different ways to um, look at the mental process. There's several different mental processes, which we'll talk about. There's the analytical thinker. There's the person who analyzes everything that's said to them. There's the um, uh, intuitive person who kind of just gets a feel for things. And then we have the cumulative thinker who needs a lot of repetition constantly. So mental process is very important in making up the personality of a person and then find out how they can improve that mental ability. We'll be back in just a few.
few moments. And now, more handwriting secrets revealed on TalkZone.com. Here's Dave Grayson. Welcome back. And uh, just want to remind you to take a, some time at, at your leisure to go to our website, HandwritingSecretsRevealed.com, and you'll find a lot of information about handwriting analysis, some ways that we can help you. Maybe you want to have your handwriting analyzed or the or somebody in your business you want to have the handwriting analyzed or your child's writing. So a lot of information there on the website. Uh, but we're talking right now in, about the different things that can be found in handwriting analysis. Uh, one of the things we can find in handwriting is your success level. How much success are you going to have? It doesn't, it's not a prediction. It's a statement at the time being. Right? Handwriting doesn't tell the past. It doesn't tell the future. It only tells the present. So we build upon what we have. Uh, one of the things is goal setting. This is very valuable in handwriting. There's a thing called graphotherapy where we can have you do certain things and change your mental process about thinking about goals or willpower or determination. Um, so that's another aspect of it. It can work in reverse. You can write something and we can see it on a piece of paper and analyze it, but you can also change yourself. But some of the things we look to find for success are the goals. Do you set low goals? Are, do you way underestimate yourself? And probably what I find in doing a lot of analyses with individuals, they have low goals. And they have low goals because they figure, well, I can't do that, or I'm not going to be successful, or I'm never going to get that job. I'm not going to be able to do things. So that's their first downfall. And that's the biggest cover of all is you set low goals and then everything else doesn't pan out because you haven't set your sights high enough. So we can work on that. We can talk about that. We can show you ways to raise your goal. Another thing is willpower. You know, we can have all the, we can have these great goals, but if you don't have the willpower, the desire, the determination to complete those, then that's a whole other thing. But we can tell the willpower, is it strong, medium, or weak? Is it something you maybe almost have to pull back a little bit because you go too fast, too quick, and, and skip all the important minor details? All those things are shown in the handwriting. And we also look at determination. Once a project has begun, do you follow through or do you stop short and never quite get through? And that's often the problem with low goals. You decide you're going to do something, you start, but you get two-thirds of the way th through, and then all of a sudden you're afraid because I'm not going to have success, or I may not. this may not work out the way I want. So you defeat yourself. A lot of us have fears. An important thing in learning about ourselves is our fears. What do we fear? I don't mean like fear of height and those kinds of things, but fears like jealousy. I'm jealous of somebody else, and that holds you back a lot. Uh, wanting a lot of attention. That's a fear, believe it or not. When somebody is always doing things to draw attention to themselves, it's a fear of really not understanding themselves and being in, in touch with themselves. There's um, worry. Do you worry too much? We all worry a certain degree. But many times there are people that over-worry. Every little thing make, they make a big issue out of. A sensitiveness. Sensitive, sensitiveness is a big drawback, especially for youngsters. The one thing that holds youngsters back, besides a low self-esteem, is sensitivity. They feel that if I do something and I say something and I act some way, people are going to laugh at me, make fun of me, so they never try, they don't work hard, they don't follow through. Then there's an important thing that we can see in handwriting is how do you defend yourself against fears? How do you protect yourself? Do you adjust to something when there's a danger there? Do you resist it or do you escape from it? If you resist it, that means you kind of fight back and uh, maybe use the wrong things. You get irritable or you resent the person or you show a lot of sarcasm or your temper comes out. Those are, can be all negative traits, especially working in the, the, the work area. 
escape? Do you escape from things? Do you evade things? Do you daydream? Do, do you uh, reject something? Are you just not thinking all the way through? If you escape, that's negative because you run away. You hide from the problems. You don't want to deal with them. So that's not a good thing. Or the best way is to adjust to something. You um, use loyalty. You use dignity, diplomacy, just different ways to adjust. So we can work through how you face adversity, and we can help you along the way to uh, better react to things so that you have more success and, and everything works better for you. Now, where is it used? Used in many different places. Police use it a lot. Uh, they use it to catch criminals in many different ways, oftentimes a ransom note. Uh, they'll have, they usually try to, they'll get a handwriting analyst. I used to do it years ago for a number of police departments, but ever since 9-11 and Homeland Security, they have their own handwriting analysts now, and so do the FBI. They've got uh, five of them just in the Chicago area itself. So instead of turning to a local analyst, they'll go to another department, either Homeland Security or Police Department. But it's used broadly because if if there's some kind of a ransom note or some kind of a, a letter or maybe something scrawled on a mirror or a wall or something, uh, the analyst can look at it and then really perceive a lot of things in the writing itself, in how it's made, whether it goes up or down the writing, uh, whether it's large or small. Plus, we can also get a personality. If they know nothing about the criminal um, and they have some kind of parameters that they're worried about, what they would do, they go to a handwriting analyst and they present several criminals' handwriting that has, are offering the same, same um, traits that the person they're looking for. And they'll develop a profile, what to look for, what to look for. A person who is very quiet, a person who's very loud, a person who's, um, is going to expose themselves because they're going to show their downside, or someone who's really going to protect themselves and hide themselves. So it helps to get a, a profile of a person. Probably the most way it's used is who's going to be the one to squeal, who's going to be the one to talk. You know, they, they arrest a gang or two people or three people or four people. Uh, they want to know what person can we put pressure on to talk? And it's very easy to see in handwriting, oh, these people, this person is going to push it to the wall. They'll never respond. They're going to keep it quiet. They're, they're not going to say anything. And then other people's writing, you look at and tell right away, this is the person put a little pressure on, and they're going to tell you everything. Or we can say, this person is going to tell you everything, but they're going to lie. They're going to make up the story. Or we'll look at somebody else who has enough pride in themselves and in in their own self-worth that they will pretty much tell the truth, probably within some small framework, but they're going to be truthful where somebody else would be very dishonest. Uh, forgeries. Now, forgeries is used a lot in, in, in wills and in checks. Banks use this in many ways. Um, of course, so does the government in, in many different ways. Uh, there's three different types. There's a question document, there's a document examiner, and there's a, the forensic document uh, signature. So forgeries is also used. It's, it, there you get very specialized. And um, when you go to court as with a forgery case, a handwriting case, there have to, most cases don't go to court if it's involved signatures or handwriting of some sort because it, it's allowed by the courts. If you can find 10 things in the handwriting to prove or disprove it's the same writing or different writing, a forgery, then they'll settle out of court. It's very strict guidelines when going to court. So it's, it's really um, a great way to, if, if you've got some forgery type situation, go to a lawyer, have them get a handwriting analyst, and most of the time you can settle or find the results outside of court. U.S. Customs, customs use it all the time. When you're on the airplane or a boat and you're going into a different country or a car, you've got to fill out the form in handwriting. You can't um, uh, do it any other way. So they look at different things. They can see certain things they'll look at 
it's like profiling, and it is profiling, but it's profiling with the personality that you put on the piece of paper. So U.S. custom agents are trained in it, and some are very specialized in that. So an, an agent, a customs agent, will look at something and question it, and they'll feed it right to an expert and that's that's in the office at the time of the custom check, and they'll uh, follow through on that. It's um, Fortune 5 companies use it. Small businesses use it. They often use it to hire somebody or uh, within a promotion or they're looking for somebody from the outside to uh, become a CEO. Anytime you fill out an application and the application asks you to fill out in your own handwriting, you know for sure that they're going to use handwriting analysis uh, for that. But uh, fortune companies, fortune 500 companies use it over and over and over and over again. Very few will ever say that they do because it's, they don't want it to be known that they use it. But again, it's not used exclusively. And I would never tell somebody to use it exclusively. You want to do the interview. You want to do the background check. You want to check references and you want to also do a handwriting check. It really tells a lot about things. And what the company will often do, if, if a company comes to me, and I have several on retainer, that uh, say, say there's a promotion, there's a managerial job. What I will do is ask them, what are your criteria for that job? Is it somebody who works with people, somebody who has to deal on the telephone, somebody who has to work by themselves? And then I'll ask for the three or four samples of writing of someone who is applying for that job. So what that allows me to do is plug the right person into that position. It's not to keep somebody away. It's not to um, not let somebody have a job. It's really to put the best person in that position. Because companies, a big company, can lose, lose hundreds of thousands of dollars by put, putting the wrong person in, that, in, that, in a position. So it's so important that they have handwriting analysis as part of it, and so many do, just be able to categorize the the person to make sure they're going to fit, be a good fit for that job. So there's just lots of ways that it's used, and the small business uses the same way, often for hiring or not hiring somebody. So um, just a lot of different ways. As I said, banks use it too. Oftentimes they'll have one person on staff or trained that uh, is able to look at things real quickly and say, well, that's a forgery, that's not. It's a known fact that nobody writes their signature exactly the same two times. That's a known fact, and that's how a lot of forgeries are found. If it's identical, it's not the true signature. They use some tracing mechanism. Anyway, we got lots more to talk about, and we'll be back shortly. Let's return to Handwriting Secrets Revealed on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Dave Grayson. Be sure to check out our website, HandwritingSecretsRevealed.com, and get an idea about the different ways that handwriting can be used uh, for an analysis, ways we can help you. So, uh, it's, again, it's HandwritingSecretsRevealed.com. The one thing about handwriting analysis... It's been ruled by the Supreme Court four times to be non-discriminatory. And it's non-discriminatory because it does not tell age, it does not tell gender, it does not tell race, it does not tell handedness, nor can, nor does it tell physical handicaps of any type. So several times it's been brought to the court and it's been ruled that it's non-discriminatory. Uh, lie detectors have been removed from the court, as you know, because that's kind of questionable and somewhat uh, discriminatory. But handwriting is not. Again, it doesn't tell age. It doesn't tell gender. It doesn't tell race. It doesn't tell handedness. And it doesn't tell physical handicaps. But what it does, it shows exactly who you are at that particular time. Now, if you're writing, you won the lottery, $10 million, you're going to 
write one way. If you just lost your home and lost your job, you're going to write a little bit different way. Your handwriting changes as your brain. Think of it as brain writing, and that's what's important. Now, how can handwriting help you? There's really two different ways that handwriting can help you. The Probably the one of the major ways it's used is to make, if you're a business, to make a better hiring decision. You can avoid a $50,000 mistake by putting the right person in the right position. We talked about that before. Um, making a good decision on a hire, making a good decision on a promotion is so very important. And what we do as a company is help you make that better decision. I work with a number of companies that uh, do this, and they will send the writing to me, and they'll, they don't get a 10, 15 page report unless they want one. Usually all they want is a very brief account of what this person, how this person will fit into our company. And again, the important thing, as I mentioned before, is that we need to know what the qualifications are for that job. Now, very rarely is this done in entry level position. If you're signing up somebody for a stock boy, signing somebody up to, um, be a clerk or a male uh, clerk or something. It's not used that that much because that's a beginning job. It's a labor-intensive job, and they just want to have a person in that position. But when it comes time to move that person up, is he capable or she capable of handling the job? And that's where we come in, and that's where we help. So uh, it's great for a company. It's also great if you're an entrepreneur. Say you're going to start a business. You want to uh, become a partner with somebody. You need someone to um, uh, be able to maybe handle the business end. You can hand the technical end or you can handle the uh, the PR end, but you need somebody to hand the business end. Well, you want to have the right person that will not only be able to do that job, but works well with you. Because if you don't get along with your partner, nothing's going to work well. So handwriting can put the best person there. And it's, again, it's just making sure that uh, they fit with your standards, they fit with your ideas, they fit with your wants, they fit with your needs. So that's one way of doing it. Another way is if you're looking for a job. Say you're a, a, you just graduated from college. Uh, you're looking for a job, as everybody is right now, very difficult to get a job. And you go around looking to see what can I do, what jobs are out there. Well, sometimes you don't know your own talents and abilities and, and um, you know, what you, what you can do. Well, with handwriting, we can find a good aptitude for you. We can discover whether you would fit more in the business area, whether you might fit more in the cultural area, where you might fit more in the mechanical area or the scientific area. So sometimes, you know, oftentimes, well, I should say, oftentimes a youngster, even in elementary school or high school, know they want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a, a whatever they want to be. And so they work constantly towards that. But the larger percentage, they say about 70% of college students really aren't sure what they want to do. So they take this liberal education and they take different things and they get out and, you know, there aren't many jobs out there for a history major. So they get into a predicament of what am I going to do? Well, through handwriting, we look at the samples and just kind of go through and give the person a whole list of talents that they have. And does it fit more in the business area? If it's a business area, they'll have diplomacy, uh, imagination, initiative. The initiative is very important, especially in the business area. The more area, the artistic area, you can kind of decide, no, I want to do that today. That's not my day to do that. But in business, you can't delay things many times. So that tells us. Let's say you're in the cultural field. That, and if you're in the cultural field, Field will be able to find creativity in your writing. We'll be able to find imagination, a lot of intuitiveness, uh, rhythm, and showmanship. Showmanship is very important for that. And again, showmanship shows up in many ways, but it also shows up in that very fancy, unusual, different signature that you have. Now, mechanical. Are you more dis in the mechanical area? That would be 
Precision also, that would be manual dexterity. Do you work well with your hands? Would you be a good carpenter, plumber, electrician? Those things, we can't, we can't differentiate whether, well, you'd make a good electrician or a good plumber, but we can say, yes, you really work well with your hands. Your best talent would be somewhere to, to deal in that area. And then we have the scientific, the doctor, the lawyer, uh, the statistician, those are things where you have investigative thinking, exploratory thinking, uh, abstract understanding, kind of be able to step beyond what should, what there should be, uh, precision, all those things are important. So, uh, handwriting, as I said, can help you find the right job or direct you to places where you could have that job that w- you'd work well in. And so then you feel more confident. You feel confident, yeah, I can go and, and do that because that's in my ability. If you're going after to be a, a movie star and you don't have a lot of showmen, those things in there, then you're never going to quite make it. So why don't you reassess yourself and try to see exactly where you would be best. And that's what we can do is, and what handwriting analysts can do for you. Then there's uh, probably the biggest one that people come to a handwriting analyst for is just to discover about themselves, their own life's purpose, their personality, who I am, what I look like, what I am. We all want to find out more about themselves. You know, it's like I'll, somebody finds out a handwriting analyst will want to write something and have me tell all kinds of things about them. I, I do a little bit, but you don't just do it off the cuff. That's not a true analysis. If you want to do a real analysis, if when I do a professional analysis, I ask for one or two pages of writing, and it takes an hour, an hour and a half sometimes to go through it because you have to measure strokes. This is all technical stuff you don't need to know. But we we measure stuff. We have uh, ways to measure the pressure, ways to measure the width of the the letter itself, the ink on the letter. Um, so there's a lot goes into doing it as a professional. But you can get a lot of things just on the tertiary look, and that's what we do a lot. But people really like to find out about themselves. So the majority of requests that we have, not only for myself but through our website, is their personality. They get a four-, five-, six-page report of who they are, how they think, how they react. And they so often I get positive feedback of, you know, I thought that, but I wasn't sure. I never knew that about myself. People have told me about that, and I never believed it. So I'll, I'll tell you, the way you get, you know that handwriting works is the response you get from people. So really one of the most positive ways to learn about yourself is through handwriting. Now, you can go and take psychology tests and those kinds of things, but um, and I have no problem with you doing that, and it's a good way to do it, but it's very expensive, time-consuming, and you have to find a psychologist or a licensed tester to do that. But you can find out pretty much the same results. The Myers-Briggs test, they've done that over and over and over again. It matches up perfectly with the results of handwriting analysis. So there's a lot of ways to find out about yourself, and we can do that. Another way is um, children's writing. Children's writing is probably the biggest after personality profiles of of ways to use handwriting analysis. Uh, in tutoring children and helping children and helping teachers, teachers often turn to a handwriting analyst to find out about the the individual. You can help a youngster so much. First of all, the way you you directed first is how they learn. That's so beneficial in a classroom because the teacher teaches to 20, 25, 30 students and there's five, six different learning styles. You'll have some children who only have to see it once, only have to read it once, only have to hear it once. Or maybe they're better auditory learners. To read it, it's not going to learn much, but if they hear it, they're going to retain more most of it. Now, some Learners are not auditory learners. They have to read everything. They have to see it. Then there's some people who have to have it repeated three, four, five times. For some people, the cliff notes is very important 
because that's how they get a good idea of what the story is about. They don't have that maybe imagination or the intuition to try to figure out what it is. So Cliff Notes kind of gives them that story um, in a nutshell. And then, of course, they're not usually going to pass a high school or college test using Cliff Notes, but if they read the Cliff Notes first, now they know what the book is about. Now they know what they're going to have to figure out. And then when they read the book, as they go through it, it makes so much more sense to them. So how a child learns is something that um, is so beneficial so that the teacher can really reach the child. And in, for a parent, uh, if you want to hire a tutor, you'll know which is the best way to tutor that youngster. Do you, uh, you know, some youngsters, if you have a math problem and you do 30 problems, that's good for them. Other ones, it's gets, it's very frustrating because if they can do two math problems correctly, they can do 50 math problems. And if the, you make them do 50, they're just, you know, wasting their time, so to speak. But there's some people who need to do it 50 times because they need that repetition to go over and over and over again. Now, that doesn't mean they're stupid or they're slow or anything wrong with them. It's just their learning process is, I'm just going to take one step at a time, learn one thing, then move on to the other, and then move on to the other. So it's just different learning styles. And as we said, the big problem now is in schools, they're not teaching cursive. Some schools are not even teaching printing. And um, I was doing a, an analysis at a group meeting a couple of weeks ago, and there were two high school students in there. And one of them said they don't know how to write, and the other, and he put some scribbling on a piece of paper, and it was really sad. And the other one was a very prolific writer and wrote very neatly. So there's a broad range now of uh, what's coming out of schools because we don't have it. Now, a number of states, actually with Common Core, which was put in by the federal government a short time ago, um, doesn't teach suggested you put handwriting in a curriculum. It doesn't say you shouldn't, but they say it's not necessary. You should go to keyboard, you should go to iPads and those kinds of things. So um, uh, it's being lost in schools. There are several states that are putting it back in because they're realizing it's part of the culture and they really need writing, whether it's for a check or a note or for different things that they would use. They also are understanding that the correlation between Cursive writing and the use of the brain is very important. There's functions of the brain that are developed and uh, increased through the use of cursive handwriting and learning cursive handwriting. Plus, cursive handwriting, doing it is uh, self-discipline, and that's very important. We need self-discipline. And we're going to have self-discipline by taking a break, and we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Handwriting Secrets Revealed on TalkZone.com with your host, Dave Grayson. Well, we're talking about different ways that handwriting analysis can be used. It can be used as a business practice to hire somebody or not hire somebody. It can be used for your own personal use. It can be used for another great way is compatibility. Um, as we mentioned before, whether if you maybe you... You have somebody you want to um, become a partner with. Another way is in, in uh, boyfriend-girlfriend or dating situations. What is the other person really like? It isn't used to, uh, oh, you don't want to date that person. That person's bad. Never marry them, that's for sure. But to start out to really understand each other, it's so important. What we lack is communication. And sitting down with an analyst and analyzing his writing and her writing and putting it together is a form of communication that really helps them understand one another, that one overreacts to something. Or maybe one is a procrastinator, puts things off to the very end. And I tell them, if you're one thing we can see in the handwriting is procrastination. And that's the one trait that I found that you just can't change. If a person is a procrastinator, they're always going to procrastinate. So I suggest the other partner uh, adjust to it. Realize that they're going to wait to the last minute to start a project 
wait to the last minute to get things done. You just don't change. For some reason, that's it's almost like a trait that's embedded within them that they're not going to change. Another way is uh, vocational. How can I find the best job or what job am I suited for? I really don't know what to do. What do I do? And then as we were talking about just before the break about children's writing, it just tells us so much. Self-esteem, you know, the big thing is self-esteem. But in handwriting, we can see if the child has a good self-esteem, a low self-esteem, or they think they're better than anybody else. So all those things are easily available to be seen in the handwriting. Another way that it's used, which is kind of unusual, is genealogy. Uh, This is kind of a new area for handwriting analysts because people go out and they find their great-great-great-great-grandfather, great-great-great-grandmother or an uncle or aunt from way back, and they find out that um, just had recently a story of someone who um, their great-great-grandfather lived in Oklahoma. I think it was Guthrie, Oklahoma, and they found out some uh, information about where they lived on a small farm, the small farm now has an oil rig. They don't, the family doesn't own that farm anymore, but there's an oil rig on the farm. But they found a ledger from a store, a local store, where they would buy things, of course, at the turn of the century. Actually, before the turn of the century, many things were bought on credit. You'd sign a ledger, go to a store, sign a ledger, and what you purchased and, and the price. And so they found that ledger. They found his signature there. And what we did was, you know, made the person come to life. So they knew the person lived in Guthrie, Oklahoma. They knew the person was a farmer. They knew the person uh, raised cattle. They could tell from the different feed that the person was purchasing at the store. But that's all they knew. We were able to take that signature of the, the gentleman and create a live personality for them, that the the person was very humorous and very outgoing and just enjoyed whatever they did. They weren't a downer, a pessimist, or negative about things. They were just an upbeat person. So this person had known all this information for seven, eight, nine years, and then they came to, to us to have the handwriting analyzed of their ancestor, and it put a whole different picture on them. Now they really kind of knew that as a him as a person, not just as a five or six facts that they found out about him. So genealogy is a great way to do it. There's another thing we started just recently. It's called Change Your Handwriting, Change Your Life. And we're very happy and proud with that because you really can change yourself. You can, uh, not everything you can change or some things that are so embedded in your personality you're not going to change. We might work on changing that, but we'll know within 21 to 30 days if you can change that uh, thing in your personality. But usually what we look at is building up uh, self-esteem. We build up willpower. We build up the goal setting. We build up uh, – we work on a signature. Some of the – one of the best things we can do is work on a signature because remember what we said, the signature is how you want to appear in public. So we can improve your public persona. We can improve how you look to other people by working on your signature. And um, within 30 days, we have a change. It's, it's just a great thing. It's kind of reverse of brain writing. Remember we said handwriting is brain writing. What is in the brain, what the brain is thinking, is shows in the handwriting. Well, we reverse that. We kind of change what the how the writing is, and it goes back to the brain. It's all documented as far as um, different synapse, synapse in the mind. Uh, it's been studied, it's been worked on. A lot of medical and scientific people have really proved that you can change your handwriting and change your personality. You can't change it very – if you're extremely outgoing, you're not going to become an introvert. We can't do that. But the, the small different things, maybe you're fearful of you're, – you're sensitive. Every, every time somebody says something to you, they say, well, I don't like that. That tie doesn't go well with that shirt. Well, you not only don't like my tie, you don't like me, you don't like what I stand for, you don't like my personality, you hate me, I feel terrible. And that's the way a lot of people are. And so what we do is we work on ways to help the person get beyond that so they're not as sensitive, so they're not as thinking everybody's looking at me. 
another thing we work with with a lot of people is we developed a cursive handwriting book. Um, it's not being taught in schools. Homeschool is still teaching cursive, and we have several manuals and books to help homeschoolers uh, learn how to write. Many adults want to write. Sometimes we had had somebody come about six months ago. They were in a company, and they had to write notes, not um, text messages, not on the computer, but actually write notes to different departments that they were working with within a, a small confine of area. They could just run over with the notes. And so they needed to learn how to write so people could read it. It was They felt it was kind of hieroglyphics, and believe me, it was more chicken scratch than anything. And so we sat down with them. We gave them the book, and we worked through them and taught them how to uh, do cursive. So there's lots of ways that handwriting analysis can be used. Please look at our website, handwritingsecretsrevealed.com, and we go over all those things. So handwriting can be um, really helpful to you if you're wanting to understand who you are and what you are, if you're a company that's trying to decide who to put in that position, who, or you're an entrepreneur, you're somebody who's trying to find a partner of some sort, uh, we can help you with that. HandwritingSecretsRevealed.com. Uh, we work many different ways. We can just send you a printed uh, report. We can do a, a call-up follow where we actually discuss it with you, and that's probably the most important because if you just get a, a three, four, five, six, seven page, it depends on how much you send us, report back, um, you don't learn everything. But if you really take the time and do a, uh, a full analysis and then follow up with a phone call, a personal consultation, it really helps because so often – the person, once they get the stick, the handwriting back and they find out about themselves, then they, it's, 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 it's so amazing that all of a sudden they think you know everything about them. And they will tell you almost everything there is to be told because they think you already know. You don't know that much more about them, but they think you do. So it just opens up a whole area where you can be very frank with them and they're very frank with you. And it's just amazing to see the changes within people once they learn about themselves, who they are, and how they can deal with uh, their own handwriting success or whatever. So handwriting secrets revealed and, um, dot com. Go to our website. This is Dave Grayson signing off. Mm-hmm.